precious, precious blood. That was pretty good, but I think we can do better than that. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel gratitude in my heart today. I feel the love of God in this building this morning. Praise God. I feel the goodness of the Lord wrapping its arms around us. I am so thankful. Thank you, praise team, for helping us get into the presence of the Lord. So thankful for what I sense in this building today. I feel an appreciation and a thanksgiving that overflowing. And it, it is so like God to do what he's doing today to just bless us more than we deserve. Amen. I am grateful to be here today. It's so good to see all of you. You know, you don't ever know what people have gone through during the week. We've had people that have lost loved ones, had loved ones laid to rest this week. Others have been through difficulties. Some have gotten bad news from the doctor. It would do somebody good right now for you just to turn and look at them and smile, a Holy Ghost smile and say, you know what? You look awesome in the house of the Lord. Amen. today I'm going to take you to the word of the Lord. We're going to be looking in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 26, verse number 27, and Psalms chapter 116. So grateful for all of you that are here. Thank you guests for honoring us today. Greater Life Church, make sure that you make our guests welcome today. And uh, I tell you what, instead of them having to buy themselves a cup of coffee if you're a member of Greater Life Church, you ought to look around and find somebody you don't know and take them by and buy them a, a drink or something in the coffee shop. Tell them how much you appreciate them being in the house of the Lord. If they don't want that, there's frappuccinos and all kind of other goodies. Or there sometimes are uh, leftovers there. But uh, the trouble is all the, the, the music team gets here early and they... They raid the coffee shop so all the good stuff goes before y'all ever get here. Every Sunday, one of our ladies will do a special treat and make special uh, delicacies, cookies and uh, scones. And the trouble is, by the time all of you folks get here, they're gone. So here's, we're going to have to make a new rule. No eating those until everybody gets here. Give everybody a fair shake. Matthew chapter 26. This particular verse of scripture has resonated in my heart for days. And I will have to tell you that when I first went to this verse and began to look at it, I had it confused with something else. And I was thinking in, in a wrong direction. And the Lord, he's so patient with me. I'm so thick-headed sometimes. It takes him a while to get through to me. But he finally got through to me what he was trying to say. 
Verse 27, and he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it. Amen. And he took the cup and gave thanks. Psalms chapter 116. Psalms chapter 116. And I'm going to read beginning with verse number 12, I believe. Psalms 116 and verse 12. Amen. They're going to have it on the screen. I'm trying to get it on my iPad. The psalmist asked a question. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? What shall I give him for all he's done for me? What what can I do back for God, to God, for God, for all the benefits? Verse 13, he said, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. I want to talk to you for a little while this morning about the cup of salvation. Praise God. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. This is the month of Thanksgiving and Brother Landon and I talked early on. We wanted to make the entire month uh, a month of remembrance and reminding us uh, that Thanksgiving is more than a day, but if actually a lifestyle and it would do all of us good to readopt that lifestyle. I want my heart to be truly overflowing with gratitude. I, I was thinking this morning of artesian wells and uh, the scripture speaks of salvation as being a, a well that springs up from within and I, I want my life to be like that. I, I want there to be an overflow from my life. I, I, don't want, I, I don't want God to have to constantly be trying to conjure something out of me. A new thanksgiving because he's done something new for us. And he's blessed us today and uh, done so many wonderful things. I want it to be a daily thing that just flows out of me like an artesian well. It, you can't stop it. It's just part of life. I, I, I know that may sound simple, but the truth is that's really not how most people live. Most of us do not live in that vein, but I'm trying to get there. And I know that I am not as thankful as I ought to be and I should be, but I am asking the Lord to help me to uh, become more thankful and to live in an overflow of gratitude that every day that I wake up, there's something fresh and new in my heart to give thanks to God for. The Scottish minister Alexander White, who lived in the 1800s, was known for his many uplifting prayers in the pulpit. 
And he always found something for which to be grateful no matter what the occasion was. But on one Sunday morning, the weather was so gloomy, it was so dark and overcast that one member thought to himself, now certainly the preacher won't think of anything for which to be thankful for today. But much to his surprise, when the minister stood up in the pulpit, he said, Lord, we want to thank you that it is not always like this. Sometimes we have to look a little further than just the present circumstances and realize that it's not always like this, so we ought to give thanks for God that it's not always like this. Amen. The truth is, it really doesn't take long when you look around to realize that you've got a lot to be thankful for. Most of us are blessed more than we deserve. Some of you may not feel like you're blessed enough yet, but I feel like I've been blessed way more than I deserve. And if you're looking for it, just open your eyes. It surrounds you right now. In Budapest, a man came to the rabbi and complained that his life was unbearable. There are nine of us living in one room. Minister, what can I do? The rabbi answered him, go home and take your goat and put it in the room with you. The man was a little bit incredulous at first, but the rabbi insisted, do as I say and come back in one week. One week passed by and the man came back and he was so distraught, it was evident something was really wrong. And he said, oh, Rabbi, we cannot stand this. The goat is so filthy. What can we do? And the rabbi said, well, go home and let the goat out and come back in a week. And so the man went home and he returned radiant the next week, the biggest smile on his face. And the minister was glad to see him. And he said, oh, how's life? He said, oh, life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. We enjoy every minute of it now that the goat is gone. And there's only nine of us left in the room. You know, some people complain because of the smallest things and some people just complain. A noted doctor has said that he used to think that people complained because they had a lot of problems. But he said, the more that I have worked with people and the more that I've studied the human mind and psyche, I have come to realize that they have problems because they complain. He said, complaining doesn't change anything or make situations better. It amplifies frustration it spreads discontent and discord and it can invoke an invitation to your adversary to cause havoc in your life if you're not careful. Complaining makes us miserable and more importantly, 
It makes the people around you miserable too. The psalmist said, I complained. And when I did, my spirit was overwhelmed. But Paul said, I have discovered a better way of living. And that was in Philippians 2. He said, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure and children of God without fault in a crooked and deprived generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. This past week or two, I have been thinking much about this passage of Scripture in Matthew about the cup that the Lord took. If you read Scripture, you will discover that there are many different cups that are referred to. And when I first started thinking about it, my mind wanted to go down a particular path of thought and every time I would get a certain distance, there would be a roadblock and it was as if the Lord was saying, that's not what I need you to consider. That's not what I need you to think about. And so I started looking at all the different cups that are mentioned in Scripture and I don't have time to go into all of them, but if you read Scripture, you'll discover that there's a cup of suffering that we have to drink and it's bitter and we like everyone else don't want to have to drink it and we pray as the Lord prayed let this cup pass from me and then there's the cup of sacrifice Uh, the disciples wanted a particular place they wanted a position with the Lord on the right or the left and the Lord said it's not for me to do that and then he asked them can you drink the cup can you drink this cup that I that, that you're talking about? And what he was talking about was a cup of sacrifice, of sacrificial living, a life of giving and being misunderstood, and so much more than that. And then there's the cup of service. The Lord said, if you give a cup of cold water in my name, you've done ministry unto people. And so there is this cup of service that we render and then the psalmist in the 23rd psalm spoke of a cup of blessing that we can uh, drink from that just overflows my cup runneth over God just continually pours into our life but the Lord said that's not the cup that I want to talk to you about the cup I want to talk to you about is the most important cup because it's the cup that makes all of these other cups understandable and livable and, and, and they make them have purpose and meaning. There's no meaning to suffering if this cup is not part of it. There's no meaning to sacrifice if this cup is not part of it. There is no meaning to service if this cup is not part of it. There is no meaning to blessing if this cup is not part of it and it is that cup of salvation amen Jesus took the cup the cup he was taking was uh, uh, symbolic of the new covenant in that intimate setting in the upper room with his disciples he had come to help them look into the future and to see what was coming their way that there was a change coming 
in the religious atmosphere and the spiritual nature of how God was going to deal and work in mankind. And so he brings bread and wine. And in that setting, he tries to help them understand that something wonderful is about to happen. And he points them toward the future. And he takes the bread and he breaks it. And he takes the cup and he gives thanks. Little did they understand at that moment the full significance of what that cup would mean in their life and the difference that it would make in their life. But they came to know it. And those men that were part of that upper room, though many of them had faults and flaws, you will discover that in time all of them gave their lives for that cup that they participated in that night, that cup of salvation and what they experienced on the day of Pentecost when it was fulfilled, when they truly drank from that spiritual cup. And and it's interesting that when you look at this cup of salvation that is mentioned in the Psalms, it is mentioned in the plural form. And it, it gives the idea not of a multiplicity of cups, but in the abundance of the cup, in the vastness of the cup. I, I wish that I had some way of, of showing you the difference, but, but what he was trying to help the psalmist see was that little cup that you're drinking from right now is nothing compared to the cup that... I am going to give you to drink and this cup is going to be full. It's going to be large. It's going to be full of forgiveness. It's going to be bountiful with mercy. It's going to be overloaded with love. It's going to be full of redemption. It's going to have much reconciliation. As a matter of fact, it's going to be able to reconcile all men unto me. Man, it was a cup full of the blessings of God, the mercies of God, the deliverance of God. It was abundant and it was full. It was full. I I wonder sometimes if we really appreciate the fullness of the cup of salvation that God has offered us to drink. And most of you perhaps have already drank from that cup. You've already experienced the joy of His coming into your life in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And and you've experienced the wonderful thrill of of knowing Him in that kind of, 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 of experience. But if not, let me just tell you, there's no cup you can drink of in the world that is as full of benefits and blessings and goodness and mercy like the cup of salvation that the Lord offers to every man. I said it is full of salvation. It is full of redemption. It is full of mercy. It is full of forgiveness. Amen. How large is that cup? Large enough to take care of all of your sins and all of mine and the sins of the whole world. Amen. How large is that cup? It's large enough to have mercy on you and mercy on the billions of other people and never run out. His mercies are new every morning. (laughs) 
Oh, it didn't matter how many of them you used yesterday or how many of them touched your life yesterday. Today is a whole new day and it's full of mercy and it's full of grace. That's the cup of salvation. Amen. That's the cup of salvation. I'm just trying to understand the full content that's in that cup. Peter and John and James could not fully comprehend at that moment, holding that little callus in their hand, the significance of what it would mean in days to come. That after a colossal failure and an embarrassing debacle of of denial and cursing, that there would be a cup of salvation that he could drink from that was large enough to bring forgiveness and mercy for all of his failures and his stumblings. Little could John or James understand the healing that was going to flow into their lives and the deliverance that was going to come and the miracles they were going to see in their life because of this cup of salvation that they were drinking from. Amen. Are you thankful for that cup of salvation? You know, only you know where God had to get you from. Only you know what kind of sins he had to get you free from. Maybe they weren't the ugly kind of sins. Maybe they were uglier. You know, we have these ways of categorizing sins. Well, I don't smoke, I don't chew, I don't run with folks that do. But we lie or we cheat or we, you know. But his cup is so large and it is so full. It has the capacity to take care of every issue in every person's life in this building over and over and over and over and over again. Thank you, praise team. I wanted to shout. They preached my message through every song that they sang. I wish we could go through that praise set again because every one of those songs was a reminder of this cup that God has offered to you and I. The cup that we have drank from that has cleansed us from our sin that has made, that has reconciled us and brought us into the family of God and made us part of his family. Anybody remember the night? Amen. That night it happened or that morning it happened, that day it happened, when you realize my sins are washed away. Ah, What a deliverance. Made you want to shout. I know some of us don't do that anymore, but there was a day when we shouted. There was a day when we ran. There was a day when we rejoiced. Why? Because we had experienced something so supernatural and so out of this world. There's no words that can describe it. I'm telling you, I'm free this morning. I have been set free and I am delivered. I have had every chain broken from my life. I'm not bound by those things in my life any longer. Is there anybody thankful for the cup of salvation? It runs over with divine acts of help and grace continually. 
Every day I wake up, I wake up to new mercies. But today the question that comes to my mind is, am I truly thankful for that cup? Am I thankful the way I ought to be? Do I really appreciate all that God's done for me? Now, I don't want to talk to this church. I want to talk to you, okay? So here's what I need you to do. I need you just to block everybody out and act, just do a mental thing right now and block everybody out. It's just me and you right now. All right? You got that picture? Nobody's beside you. Nobody's behind you. Nobody's in front of you. It's just me and you. Just me and you. And here's what I want you to think about. What all has God done for you? How many scrapes has he saved you out of? How many times has he picked you up and put you back on your feet when life had done a number on you and gave you the strength to go on? How many times when you had embarrassed yourself and your family and everybody around you, he just wrapped his arms around you and pulled you back into the family and said, oh, no, 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 we're not going to let that happen. And he loved us back into his family. He loves us back into the foe. How many times, what are the benefits? Only you know what God's forgiven you of. I would hate for God to put everything up on this screen today of, of what he's had to deal with in my life but I'm sure glad he has. I'm thankful that his cup is so big, it's so large, it's so abundant, it's so full that it doesn't matter how many mistakes that I make, it doesn't matter how many times I stumble, there's always sufficient help in the cup of salvation. There's plenty. There's more of it. I don't care if you've stumbled and fallen. I don't care if you've backslidden, gone away from God. I'm here to tell you this Sunday morning that there's still something in the cup for you. There's reconciliation. There's mercy. There's grace. But do I really appreciate the cup of salvation? And if so, how do I show God that appreciation? What do I do in my life that could truly let God know I am thankful? I am so grateful. I'm just thinking about my own life. And I don't want to confess a lot of stuff this morning because it embarrassed my wife and myself and everybody else. But I'm just like you. There's a lot of stuff we don't want anybody to know. Amen. But that cup that he's offered to us of his salvation has forgiveness in it. It has reconciliation and all of, and I, I don't want to keep, but how do we show God that we are truly appreciative? And this is what most people will say. They will say in response to that, that I can say to God, thank you. And I have expressed my gratitude. Thank you, God. And the truth is, that's not the way that I truly show God I am thankful. Now, I know I'm messing with some of you right now because you got real quiet. 
because you thought you'd done your duty this morning by saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And the preacher gets on to you, so you say it a few more times. It makes you feel guilty. You say it a few more times. He pushes on you a little bit. You say it a few more times. Thank you, Lord. I'm thankful today. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. <laughs> I'm overflowing with it. <laughs> Woo. But true thanksgiving is not simply in what we say. It's in how we live. I want to say that again. True thanksgiving isn't just what comes out of my mouth. It's what I do with these feet and what I do with these hands and what I do with this heart and what I do with this mind and what I do with this body on a daily basis. Every day of my life, I have the opportunity to show God how thankful I am for what he has done for every ounce of blood, for every drop of blood, for every stripe that was laid on his back, for every thorn that pierced his brow, for the whipping, for the beating, for the smiting, for the mockery. I have an opportunity every day, not by just getting up and saying, Thank you, Lord, but by getting up and living a thankful life. You know, it's amazing to me that when the Lord suffered, blood came from so many parts of his body. It came from his brow. They placed the plat of thorns, the crown of thorns upon his brow, and so blood flowed down his head. His blood has sufficiency to help me with the mental issues that I struggle with in my life. His salvation is so full that it can help me with what goes on between my ears. His blood flowed out of his hands so that wherever I was, there was a hand that could reach out and take me back up no matter how deep I had fallen. That there was a hand that was reaching for me that was blood-stained. A hand that said, hey, I've got you. I can help you and pull me back up and put me on my feet. It flowed from his side so that I would know that wherever I was, that he was close to me and from his back said no matter what my burdens were, there was blood to help me cover myself and carry me through these burdens and blood from his feet where they drove the nails in so that wherever I go, my feet, my whole life, the covering of his blood covers every aspect mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. It, it, it doesn't matter what arena or sphere of life you want to go into. There's blood sufficient. There's blood that covers. There's blood that heals. There's blood that, that recovers. There's blood that renews. There's blood that revives. There's blood that pulls back. And the way that I show God that I am thankful is not just getting up on Sunday morning and coming and joining in the chorus with God's people and singing all these wonderful songs that we sang 
But it's in walking out of this building. And as I'm going out, my interaction with you, the way I treat you, the way I talk about you, the way I feel toward you, that really is more evident that I am thankful than by what I simply say. You know, some of the strangest things happen around church. But I have seen it, and you have seen it. We have a, you know, the Spirit of the Lord moves, and we're so blessed, and we just cry. Oh, we just, we, we talk in tongues, we fall out. And then people get up and walk out and walk by somebody that offended them or hurt them. And I'm sure sometimes God must be scratching his head, wondering what's happened. Did I just see what I thought I saw? You see, what happens up here is important. But what happens out there is even more important. And it really doesn't matter what we say in here. If we don't live it out there, the world is never going to know that his cup is sufficient for them. And it will never know that it will help them if we don't show it in the way that we live. What shall I repay the Lord for all his acts of kindness. He could, have, he could have left it right there. That's pretty good. But he made it personal. He said, what can I repay? How can I repay the Lord for all of his kindness and mercy to me? To me. I think I know where some of you came from, but I know where I came from. And I feel like God has been better to me than anybody else in this building. Anybody feel that way? Does, is there anybody in this building that when you really think about the blood and you think about what we, he thought I was worth saving, he thought I was worth healing, he thought I was worth redeeming, he thought I was worth something that he would give himself so that he could bring me into a relationship with him? What can I give the Lord for all the good things he has given to me? Well, I'm just going to praise him more. I'm going to shout a little louder. And all those things are good. And all those things are wonderful. But really, the best way that you and I could show how thankful we are is in the way that we live every day of our life that when we walk out these doors, the people that we meet, you know, I don't know if you're aware of it. If you're not, you've not been living around where we, I've been living. But our world is on a really short fuse right now. I've never seen road rage. I was, get, I was coming to church. It's 5 o'clock this morning. I'm coming to church and there's not very many people on the highway. And the lane beside me was open and some nitwit was right behind me, right on my bumper. I wasn't going fast enough. 
I'm thinking, folks, there's a lane right beside me. You can go around. And so I thought I would help them out. So I moved over. And all they did was just run up beside me and slow down. Then it made me, my, my other side kicked in and I thought, okay, go on by me. I put on my brakes, I'll let them, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I thought about it though. We live in a world that the fuse is really short. And you know why? Because our world has lost hope. Our world has lost any hope that things are going to get better. And every day they live, they are oppressed even more. And they are reminded even more that they're on this endless cycle of which there's never going to be an end. And you and I have the opportunity of stepping into that world with something that changed our life or it should have changed our life. And we have the opportunity of stepping into a world that is in desperate need of somebody bringing the cup of salvation to them. And so we better make sure that when we get through shouting here today, that when we walk out there, we learn how to treat people better than we've been treating them. Well, I just gave them what they deserved. Aren't you glad God didn't give you what you deserve? Oh, yeah. A while back, and I'm not bragging, I'm just, I'm, I'm not this spiritual most of the time. I'm, I have a, a different guy that shows up sometime, but a while back, I was in line at McDonald's to get a cup of coffee, and the people on my right had pulled in behind me after I had already given my order. I could hear them over there. I heard the lady respond when they pulled up. I had already given my order. It was my time to go next. And they gave their order, and as soon as they did, they whipped around, and I just had nudged my my vehicle out to get on up in line. And I'm telling you, I don't know what all words he used, but I don't think they they were kind words. And it just came over me. I thought, you know what, Lord? There's a part of me that wants to lower my window and say, hey, bud, chill out. But when I got up to the window, I said, I'll tell you what, lady, how much is that man's bill behind me? I want to pay for his meal today because it's evident he's having a really bad day already. And maybe this will help change his attitude. Maybe it was just one of those moments, but you know what I felt the Lord tell me over the last few days and what he's been nudging? That doesn't need to be something you do every once in a while. That needs to be the way you live every day of your life because that's how you repay me for what I've done for you. Brother Steve McDaniel driving down the road one day. He's, he's gone now, but he, he, had, he had come back from being away from the Lord for a number of years and had, had done so many uh, 
things that he was ashamed of and he dealt a lot with condemnation and guilt and he was constantly uh, just uh, going through this battle in his mind of not being worthy and you know was was God's mercy sufficient and we I, I would talk with him by the hour and reassure him and and the Lord spoke to him one day as he was going down the road in the mullet grubs he said Steve he said if if I kept you all those years that you were doing all that dumb stuff. How much more do you think I'm going to keep you now that you've returned to me? Amen. And so Brother Steve called me and he said, Brother Hugh, this is what I want. I want to give God what he's paid for. I believe that would be good for all of us to make a motto for our life especially in this month of Thanksgiving. I want to give God what he's paid for. And the way that I do it is by the way that I live. Clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. I'm I'm closing. He said, how... Shall I render unto the Lord, or what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits? What can I give back for the blessings he's poured into my life? And this is how he responded. I will take the cup of salvation. And I need you to hear me right now. He meant the whole cup. When Jesus took the cup and gave thanks. He said, drink it all. I want to tell you how to live a dysfunctional life is to take your Bible and tear out of it all the stuff you don't agree with and the things that you don't think are necessary and the items that you don't think are are really relevant to the culture that we live in. Quit canceling the word because the word is a whole and that word is what heals me and what helps me and what saves me is when I embrace the totality of this word and everything that's in it, I accept it and I take it to be a part of my daily life. Stand with me if you will. Amen. I will take the cup of salvation. I will make it the most important thing in my life. Listen to me. He said, I will take the cup of salvation. That's intentional. Amen, that's intentional. Some people only reach in and pull out the stuff they like. But the psalmist said, I want to take the whole cup the totality of what the cup represents. Because it's only then that I truly begin to understand the purpose of the cup of suffering or the cup of sacrifice or the cup of blessing when I embrace the totality of what that cup of salvation represents. There are people in this building today 
that's trying to live for God on just a portion, just a piece here and there. And you're wondering why life is still frustrating. I'll tell you why. Because it takes the whole cup. I said it takes the whole cup. Well, there's things in there I don't agree with. Get over it. He didn't ask my opinion. He didn't say if I felt like it or if I thought it was a good idea. He said do it. And here's the wonderful thing about that is that when you do it, then you understand the significance of the blessings that come with the doing. Amen. When people come to the Lord, a lot of times the things that are most prevalent in their mind is what they're going to have to give up. What they're going to have to let go of. What they're going to have to walk away. So a lot of people in the culture in which we live say, you don't have to do any of that. You can have your cake and eat it too. And so we have got this convoluted mixture of religious philosophy and ideologies of every kind and every kindred and everybody has their opinion. He said, hey, I'm not interested in your opinion of my cup. I just need you to take it because if you'll take my cup, then you'll understand my cup. But when you've got the cup and you're trying to figure, now what all's in there? Ooh, I don't know if I like that. Well, you won't like that without the other things that God gives to go with it. When you just take out one thing, you make it a critical issue in your life and you say, well, I don't think I can do that. The way you do that is when you understand what God gave you to help you do that. Amen. So here's what you need to do. You need to take all of it. You need to embrace the totality. I don't understand it all. I don't know why God would want me to do that. I'm not sure that it's culturally relevant. But listen to me. There's nothing culturally relevant about the word. Never has been, never will be. Because this word works no matter what the culture is. And so God's not asking me to look in it and say, well, now I don't know if I like that part. I don't agree with that. The only way you really understand some of your whining today over suffering and the reason you're whining over suffering is because you haven't fully drank of the cup of salvation because when you fully drink of that cup, that's what makes the suffering under... That's why the suffering becomes understandable. Some of you look at the blessing. Well, I don't have those blessings in my life. And the reason they're not there is because you're sitting here trying to examine what all's in that cup and decide... can, can, can we take that out? It's like driving up to Starbucks and saying what you want and don't want in your coffee if you go there. And if I offended any of you, please forgive me. You don't go to Starbucks. Go to Dunn's. Let's go to Dunn's. Well, just pick and choose what you want in it, what you want in your cup. This is his cup. Everybody say it's his cup. And so I take all of his cup. 
And when I embrace all of his cup, then it makes understandable all the other cups that I am going to drink from and I am going to have a part of my life. The cup of service, the cup of blessing, the cup of sacrifice, all of those fine meaning when I fully embrace this cup of salvation. And when the psalmist considered what all the Lord had done for him, there were so many things. He said, I'm going to tell you how I can repay the Lord by taking his cup, the whole cup, the entire cup. Amen. I want to live with every principle. I want to live by every principle. I want to observe those things that God put in his word. And here's what I've learned about living for God. If you'll go ahead and do it and quit fighting about it or arguing about it, then it begins to make sense. Amen. Separation is a big issue with some people. They don't believe that there's that's part of the New Testament church of grace. Well, my Bible tells me that grace separates. Grace denies ungodliness and worldly lusts and many other things. So it's not about whether I want to dissect it. That's what Thomas Jefferson did. Thomas Jefferson didn't believe in miracles. Though he was one of the wisest men of our country and helped so much in the founding of America and the principles, things that are written into our Constitution, Thomas Jefferson had his own Bible. It's in the Smithsonian Institute, I believe now, but he had taken the Bible and every miracle he had cut out And the rest was what he embraced and read and lived by. The tragedy of Thomas Jefferson's Bible is that it ends with the crucifixion. There was no resurrection. But it's the resurrection that made the story worth reading. And so this cup of salvation, this is what I pray God will help us understand this season of thanksgiving. All that God has brought to our lives by what he has done on the cross. All the blood, the suffering, the pain, the turmoil that we would think every day, God, what can I do today? I tell you what, give that man a cup of cold water right there. Help that person that's stumbled. Call that person that's discouraged. It Reach out to that man or that woman that's hurting. Talk to somebody about how good God has been to you. Share a little bit of what God has done in your life. Are you grateful for God's mercy? Lift your voice right now and thank Him for it. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you this morning. I love you this morning. My heart is filled with gratitude. I am so thankful, Lord, for all that you have done and all that you have purchased by what all you did. 
Now, Lord, I want my life, every day that I live, every moment of every day, somehow to reflect your love and to show your mercy. To spread a little kindness, Lord, to help somebody along life's way. Praise God. Amen. He thought I was worth saving. He thought you was worth saving. Now, what are you going to do to tell him how thankful you are for him? Tell somebody. Get across the aisle to somebody and across the church. You know, I, I would hate to think that people sit on the opposite side of the church because they don't want to have to encounter somebody on the other side. But if that's the case, this is a great morning for you to break that ugly habit and get across the church and find somebody and say, hey, I just need to tell you how much I love you and how much you mean to me. It wouldn't hurt for us to make this a service where we leave here with so much gratitude that there's not a person that leaves this building that somebody hasn't said, I love you. You mean something to us. You're valuable to my church and this family. You're valuable to us. Amen. Oh, I know we'd like to hear something else, but this is where the rubber meets the road. And it doesn't matter what you say up here or say in here. If what you do out there doesn't reflect what you're saying in here, all you're saying in here is hot air. So let's do it. I want you to find at least three people before you leave this building. Some of you are in a hurry to get there right now because I've already encroached upon your lunchtime. Go ahead, while you're going out the door, find three people and tell them how good it is to know them and how good God has been to you. Somebody share what God's done for you. Share some mercy the Lord has extended in your life. This is what real thanksgiving is about. It's thanksgiving.